You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Reds baseball today on this Friday, November 3rd, with our good friend Mark Sheldon, Reds reporter for MLB.com. And, uh, Mark, we thank you as always for the time. What we're doing today on this uh, second day of the very new offseason is uh, just talking about the Reds' prospects for 2018 as they look to uh, bounce back from a a disappointing 2017, but not a season without its high spots. So we'll get your assessment on how the Reds can build off of those and shore up uh, some of the weaknesses as they head into 2018. But uh, first, though, as we discuss things on this Friday, they're getting ready for a parade in Houston uh, to celebrate the first ever world title for the Astros as they take down the Dodgers in seven games in the fall classic, a very uh, entertaining, uh, unpredictable fall classic uh, game seven in those regards, kind of a dud, <laughs> but the Astros not complaining as they get the job done and they will uh, hand out rings on opening day next year at Minute Maid Park. Uh, Mark, just kind of your thoughts overall on the World Series. Uh, you know, like I said, game seven, a little anticlimactic, but the first six games uh, it definitely kept you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I was able to watch most of the World Series, all seven games, and it was really one of the better series you're ever going to see. Obviously, the last years with the Cubs and Indians is pretty incredible, so we've been pretty lucky the last two years. Uh, kind of what I think about is you know, the Reds and the Astros used to be in the same division. I spent a lot of seasons going to Houston three times a year, and, and I see them when they were pretty good, and I saw them when they were rebuilding. I remember them tearing down uh, the day after he got traded, the Hunter Pence Giants billboards off the side of Minute Maid Park and then started the rebuilding process and going you know, just going down to the studs. And uh, it's, it's so interesting to see them kind of do the rebuild and, and bring it back. And obviously, it's, uh, they've had a rough year in Houston with the hurricane, and, and it's, it's good that they get that. So uh, hats off to Houston. No question. And as you said, you know, you, you don't want to leave out the human element of this with uh, Hurricane Harvey touching down and devastating uh, so many lives and, and families and communities in, in Houston. And uh, to have this celebration today and to have their team win a world championship, it, it doesn't erase, uh, you know, the, the devastation from that hurricane, but it certainly helps. It helps us soothe, uh, you know, some of those uh, hardships. And uh, they're going to party today in Houston as well they should. Hats off to them and to the Astros, the 2017 World Series champs. Well, Mark, look ahead now uh, to the Reds prospects in uh, 2018. Want to start off by getting your assessment on what you feel is the Reds' biggest area of need, and then how you think they're going to go addressing that need. Do you envision uh, a trade, maybe a free agent splash, or a guy from the pipeline ready to step up and contribute at the big league level? How do you see that shaking out? Well, their biggest need is certainly pitching, uh, definitely rotation and bullpen help, but I think really they're going to focus a lot on the rotation. Uh, I think free agency is their first uh, option, but of course, knowing with the Reds and their history, they don't go for the big-time free agent. They're not going to spend a nine-figure uh, contract on someone like you, Darvish or Jake Arrieta or those likes. They're going to be looking at the second-tier free agents, maybe even the third-tier. Uh, but they need a guy that can kind of supplement uh, the young guys they have. I think the, like the, the guy that can be counted on to make 30 starts and maybe go 200 innings, that's, that's what they need. They can't count on Homer Bailey or Anthony DiScofani for that right now because of their injury history. I, I think if they aren't able to find uh, what they want on the free agent market, they're not going to go in any bidding wars. They would then consider trade. Uh, they do have some prospects they can work and, and deal from. They have a little overabundance in corner outfield uh, outfielders, so they can make some changes there. But I would look for them to really make some uh, improvement, at least with one guy in the rotation perhaps too. 
Yeah, no question there. And uh, Mark, on the flip side of things, uh, what would you say right now heading into 2018 is the biggest area of strength on this Reds team? Definitely the lineup. They they went uh, last season despite not winning and losing 94 games. They had uh, six different uh, hitters with 20 or more homers. They had five different guys with uh, 25 or more homers. And they had a really deep, long lineup, and they were able to uh, – score a lot of runs and they had some guys that could really made improvements. So I think offensively they're covered, even if they lose that codes aren't the free agency. I think they could still withstand that. And obviously Joey Votto being the centerpiece of that lineup, but they have a few other guys like Eugenio Suarez and uh, you know, Scott Shevler, Jesse Wankers coming into his own after a rookie year. So I think they have enough offense to, to, to go into 2018 and be competitive if, if they shore up the pitch. Yeah, and like you said, uh, th this team, they can hit. There's no question there. Joey Votto, of course, at the forefront of that. Shevler belted 30 home runs. We saw the season that Scooter Jeanette had. So no lack of bats in that offense. And if they get even a little bit of pitching help, this could be a sleeper team in 2018, no question. Uh, Mark, why don't you to give me two guys here? Give me one guy that is a candidate for possible regression in 2018 for the simple fact that maybe he overperformed this past season. And then on the flip side, a guy that did not perform up to par that you could see bouncing back next year. Well, the regression guy, I, I have to say would be Scooter Jeanette. Uh, Cause nobody saw him having the kind of year he had almost hitting 30 homers and near hundred RBIs. He had a breakout year off the waiver wire. We talked about him extensively last time. So, uh, I hate to say that, but the only way he could go is probably down from here. Um, but he had a great year, and, and if he can do it again, obviously he's going to be thrilled. Uh, the guy I could kind of see if he has a bounce-back year would be uh, Jose Peraza. He, he was supposed to be the second baseman until Jeanette overtook him for his job, and he kind of struggled offensively. But he did so, show some signs uh, of, of uh, improvement after he got benched. He got to play a lot for Cozart when he got in the DL, and he was able to get on base more, draw some more walks, become more selective. I think he kind of watched Suarez and Votto and, and, and Cozart a little bit and saw how they were doing it. He also paid a lot of attention to uh, you know, some other hitters around the league and what they were doing. So I think Jose Peraza, he's only 24 years old. He can come into his own and have a possibly big year if he's the everyday shortstop. And, uh, Mark, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're going to dip into the starting rotation well for the answer to this next question. Uh, a guy that uh, is the biggest question mark right now heading into 2018 due to uh, injury concerns and health issues. And, again, I, I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to give me a picture here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mentioned a little bit briefly uh, before. Anthony DiStefani ended up not pitching at all this year. Uh, had a strained, or sprained elbow UCL ligament and then had a setback uh, on, on when he was almost ready to return. He was one rehab start from returning to the Reds, and he had a setback, and, and he didn't pitch the rest of the year. The, as far as he got was some, uh, some minor league rehab games, and he pitched in some, some instructional league games, but that doesn't replicate the big leagues. And He clearly has a lot to do. He had 184 innings two seasons ago, or three seasons ago, and then he's been through the injuries the last two years. So he's got some work to do. They really want to have him be a dependable 200-inning guy but uh, right now they can't count on that. But he, he's a guy they really need to bounce back. Mark, I want to backtrack a little bit to something you said a few uh, minutes ago. Uh, you go back to one year ago, and uh, Dan Straley coming off a pretty strong season with the Reds. Uh, he's dealt to Miami. They got some great young arms in return among those, and chief among those, Luis Castillo. We saw what he did at the end of the year. Could there be another Dan Straley, so to speak, from this year's batch that they could like to deal and get another return of young arms, or is that really not a possibility right now? 
I don't know if there's a pitcher, a pitcher like Dan Straley that's in their system. Uh, the, the one guy I would see as far as they, they've got low and they could sell high would be Jeanette. Uh, they got him for nothing, and he had a big year. I, I don't know if there's as much of a need for a guy like that around the league. Obviously, pitching is always premium, and, and the Reds were able to deal from a from that standpoint to move Straley to a team that, was, that thought was they were going to be you know using a complimentary piece to go to the next level. The Marlins obviously didn't do that. Um, the other trade piece might be Adam Duvall, a guy they that was kind of not thought of as a prospect and has developed into a very good major league player and an all-star. Uh, and I could see him being a possible trade candidate just based on uh, you know where he is. He's also struggled in the second half each of the last two years, and they have a corner outfield glut. So I, I could see that being a possibility. But I don't see a, a straight-up Dan Straley type of trade like there was last year. Very interesting. And, uh, Mark, as we come down the home stretch here, uh, let's – kind of place the Reds into one of these five categories, which I think any team in baseball kind of falls into. You've got your clear rebuilding teams. You've got your simply non-contending teams, then teams that contend for a wild card spot, teams that contend for a division title, and then teams that ultimately contend for a world championship. Of the five categories, where do the Reds best fit right now here in early November? Yeah, I, I think 500 is where they expect to go or they should expect to go, and I think that's very doable if they can figure out their pitching situation. I don't, I don't necessarily see them contending for the postseason. I think they would love to do that. They, they came out of the gate kind of, kind of pretty good this past year. They were at one point 29 and 30 and they were pretty uh, thinking maybe that this is, this team could surprise kind of like the Brewers did. But uh, I think, I think 500 is at the most a reasonable expectation. I don't, I, I don't see them going from 94 losses to the playoffs. Obviously the twins did something like that this year. Um, but you never know. I mean, if they can figure out their pitching, they have the offense. I, I we'll see what happens. But we'll see what happens if they get to five hundred. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of it. You brought up of the two uh, prime examples in the Brewers and the Twins. Uh, the Brewers just missing out on the playoffs, and the Twins getting there after losing a hundred games the previous year. So nothing is out of the cards, and we'll see what the Reds do with it in uh, twenty eighteen. Mark Sheldon, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds.